Hey, plotters and future potential hushlings, this is Jen, your audio producer here at Shocked and Applaud. Thank you for joining us on another episode of this segment called The Craft Services Table, where we introduce you to some shows that we've become friends with, typically on Twitter or other social media. This week we're going to be introducing you to what I think is one of the best new shows of 2020 called The Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. I'm not one who typically enjoys paranormal or conspiracy shows, but especially Nopeville and Hush Hush Society are two that have definitely changed my mind. I think Hush Hush Society in particular is very well researched, and it certainly helps me liking their show knowing that I got to do their intro and outro voice for their show. A little about the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. They write, Declassified Dave and Mystery Mike's Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour, featuring Slick Frog Sanders, is a secret debriefing of all things conspiracy. Each week, the gang takes new initiates through the dark secrets, hidden truths, and acknowledged operations of the underbelly of the conspiratorial, cult, secret society, and cryptic world. And each season finale ends with a live show. You can find Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and probably more out there. You can also reach them on Twitter at HHS Conspiracy, Instagram at HHS Conspiracy Hour, and they've got a Facebook group as well. Just uh, search for Hush Hush Society and you should be able to find it. So, here are Declassified Dave, Mystery Mike, and Slick Frog Sanders in their eighth episode, The Zeta Reticuli Incident. The part about their watches never working again is like, that. that's the most compelling out of it all to me, honestly. Why specifically their watches? Their car still worked. A car is much more... Electromagnetic fields? Uh, yeah. You think that's why the watches weren't working? A lot of the proposed drawings, especially if you look at Bob Lazar, you know, we, we talked about Bob Lazar in the last episode and it comes full circle. Bob Lazar talked about electromagnetic engines or power cells. Anti-gravity propulsion systems. Yeah. If that's the type of technology that they had, maybe that disrupted their timepieces. Who knows? I guess putting it in the same realm as paranormal, but a lot of, in a lot of these instances, like the zone of silence in Mexico, cameras don't work, phones don't work, and it's got insane amounts of UFO phenomenon that they have taking place there. Clearly, this goes hand in hand with whatever's happening. Later on, Betty goes and she starts putting away the clothes from their trip, and she has this dress that she wore during this entire situation. She notices that there was a tear at the zipper and lining of her dress, and she also notices that there is some sort of pinkish powder that is on the dress. And she goes and she puts it on the clothesline, and later on she says that the pinkish powder ended up blowing away in the wind. How convenient. The dress was damaged. It had the rip. She ends up getting the dress and she keeps it. And over the years, five different laboratories have conducted chemical and forensic analysis on the dress. Come up with nothing. Like what you were saying with electromagnetism, they said that there were shiny concentric circles on their car that had not been there the previous day. So for some reason, they experimented with a compass. Why? I mean, this is 1961, I guess. Like that's That's like, let's grab the compass and see what happens. And they noted when they were putting it close to these circles that the thing was just 
whirling, spinning like a compass would if there was crazy magnetic field. That kind of backs up the whole watch is not working. I'm no watchmaker. I am not a person who <laughs> who knows how watches work. But <laughs> I would say that electromagnetic fields definitely play a role with messing with compasses and watches. So correlation, maybe. On September 21st, Betty called Pease Air Force Base to report their UFO encounter. Through for fear of being labeled as crazy, she withheld some of the details. On September 22nd, the following day, Major Paul W. Henderson called the Hills back for a more detailed interview. Henderson's report, dated September 26th, determined that the Hills had probably misidentified the planet Jupiter. His report was then forwarded to Project Blue Book, the U.S. Air Force's UFO research project. If you haven't heard of Project Blue Book, we had mentioned this in the Majestic 12 episode. It was the project after Project Sign in 1947 and Project Grudge in 1949. It officially started in 1952, conducted by the U.S. Air Force to study UFOs. They were realistically trying to look for if UFOs were a threat to national security. Why? If you didn't think that UFOs existed, if you didn't think that otherworldly off-planet vehicles existed, why would you start an entire government-funded project to determine whether or not these things that aren't supposed to exist are a danger to the U.S. Air Force. It's just a thought that I had about, especially pertaining to Project Blue Book. Kind of sus, if you ask me. Yeah, and it's it's an unclassified project. You can read about it. It existed. It is a verified division of the Air Force. In one hand, you look at the Roswell incident and you look at many other abduction stories or UFO stories. The government will deny, 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 but then they'll go and fund these side projects or these sub-projects that are all about investigating UFOs and investigating their threat level. After a couple days of the encounter, Betty went to the library and borrowed a UFO book. It had been written by retired Marine Corps Major Donald E. Kehoe, who was also the head of NECAP, which is National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, which is a civilian UFO research group. On the 26th of September, Betty wrote to Kehoe, she related the full story, including the details about the humanoid figures that Barney had observed through his stellar binoculars. Betty also said that she was considering hypnosis to help recall what had happened. Her letter had eventually passed to Walter N. Webb, a Boston astronomy and also a kneecap member. Walter Webb goes on to meet the Hills on October 21st, 1961, and he has a six-hour-long interview with them. He's talking to them. He wants to know everything that they remember about the UFO encounter. Barney goes on to say that he had developed a sort of quote-unquote mental block. He suspected that there were portions of the event that he had blocked out of his memory on purpose. He didn't want to remember them. It's obviously something traumatic. From what I had read throughout this whole thing is that Betty recepted the situation or even embraced it more than what Barney had. Yeah, they had very different views. They absorbed the incident differently. All right, I hope that you enjoyed this short preview of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. I hope that you'll be joining them as a hushling like myself. They've got lots of other great episodes, including one on MKUltra, the JFK assassination, and they even cover the Jeffrey Epstein suicide, so there's lots to choose from. 
Again, you can find the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour just about wherever you can find your podcasts. You can also reach out to them on Twitter using HHS Conspiracy and Instagram at HHS Conspiracy Hour. Thank you again so much for listening to the Craft Services Table segment with me, Jen, your audio producer at Shocked and Applaud. As this is a pretty new segment in our feed, I'd really appreciate your feedback. Let me know if you enjoy these episodes and being introduced to new content. We'd really like your feedback, so you can send that to shockedandapplaud at gmail.com or tweet us at shockedapplaud. Our Instagram handle is the same. Or find us on Facebook at Shocked and Applaud. Until next time, from all of the ladies at Shocked and Applaud, thank you for patroning the peculiar. <laughs>